0: Praise the Lord. Amen. Wow. What a huge answer to prayer. Just, I mean, many of you parents know that weight. And then I'm looking around and I see a lot of you parents that have had those prayers answered. And and if you haven't yet, hold on, right? Isaiah says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, right? And, uh, not any shorter now than it was when he reached down and parted the sea or did any of those amazing things that are recorded in the scriptures. It's, it's not running out. He's not slowing down. And, uh, thank the Lord. Well, uh, who here hates mosquitoes? Just if if you just hate hate mosquitoes. <laughs> I hate mosquitoes so bad, and it's because I'm a mosquito magnet. I'm like one of those guys that um, I got several friends that like to take me backpacking with them, and I used to think it was because they liked me, and then I figured out it was because they were smart and they'd figured out that I'm a mosquito magnet. And they don't even have to worry about off spray if they take me with them, right? The mosquitoes will pass up a perfectly good class of preschoolers just waiting to be in good form for when I show up. And uh, my son Jack's the same way. He wears shorts around in the summer, and uh, you see his legs. He looks like a little pale leopard because he's just got all these mosquito bites up and down his legs. Poor guy, and he scratches them like crazy. And and so he's definitely my son. Um But we're, we we're mosquito magnets. And, uh, you know, I, I hate mosquitoes. I, uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, um, physically hardest, was hiking this trail. It's called, and I'm not kidding, it's in the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, and it's called the Sweat Heifer Trail. (laughs) That's what it's actually called. The official name of the trail on the National Park Service map is Sweat Heifer Trail. Um, and uh, it's it's kind of a loop trail that goes down off the Appalachian Trail. The Appalachian Trail kind of runs the ridge tops there, kind of the state line between Tennessee and uh, what is that North Carolina? Uh, Dick knows all about it, but um, it's kind of one of the loop trails that goes down into the uh, gullies and and um, and and valleys off the ridgetops there in the Smokies. And if you've never been to the Smokies, and if you've ever done any like walking hiking out in Colorado, it's easy to underestimate the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee because Colorado you're you know you start at five thousand feet and go up from there, and the Smokies never get above oh six or seven thousand, so you think, well, how tough can it be? Well, then you get to the Smokies and everything is like this you're you know you lose a thousand feet and then you have to climb another two and you lose two and climb three and you know, and the Smokies have nothing flat about them. Uh, people that grow up in that area end up with one leg about six inches shorter than the other because they not really that 's I made that up but so I was hiking this trail called the sweat heifer trail and i uh, i think there 's a picture of of me back then. I was a rookie backpacker, and uh, you can see this backpack i 'm carrying now this backpack this backpack before I filled the my water bottles in it, which water 's heavy. Before I filled the water, it was 64 pounds, which is way too much to carry. It's just ridiculous. But this is my first kind of extended, longer backpacking trip that I'd ever been on. Um, and so I just carried way too much stuff. I got way too big of a pack. And then you see, like, I got stuff strapped on the back and on the top and underneath. I mean, I just, and there's so many, like, dangly, flapping things on the back there that weren't even necessary and uh, I didn't know what I was doing. And that's the pack. That's the trip. I think this was the day before I hiked the Sweat Heifer Trail that this picture was taken. And uh, this pack is actually the right size for Matthew Richards. In fact, he's hauled this pack in Colorado a couple times now with Joe. Um, and you, some of you know Matthew Richards. He's he's bigger than me by about six inches and, and quite a bit stronger than me. And uh, so this is the wrong pack for me. But I carried it up the Sweat Heifer Trail. And I was heading up that trail and, uh, and I was just, I was so, so ridiculously worn out. And I just, I had to stop so often and I was hauling up this thing. It was so steep and just trying to get to the top of this mountain. And, uh, I kind of got into this weird frame of mind where I got a little sort of slap happy, you know? And I started kind of giggling at dumb things. I was all by myself, nobody around to see it, but, um, I was, and the mosquitoes started tracking me because I couldn't walk fast enough. Usually you can, when you're hiking, they don't bother you because they can't scent you. You can't track you as well. But I was going so slow, the mosquitoes started coming after me and I was kind of waving them away like, Oh my goodness, get away. And then one landed right here on my arm and I looked at it and I started to smack him. And then I kind of stared at him for a second and I was like, That is one little drop of blood I don't have to haul up this mountain. And I was just like, take all you want, buddy. Go, bring your friends. There's plenty where that came from. I don't want to haul any of this weight up this mountain. And I had enough like drilled into me from my dad as a kid that you don't litter in the wilderness that I didn't like just throw a bunch of that stuff off in a gully, you know. I was afraid of, you know, trashing the national parks and all that kind of thing, which yeah, that's good, but ugh, that's the only thing that kept me from like ditching half of my stuff. And I guess um since there's this book or and movie made into a movie called Um Wild, maybe. And it's about this lady that just goes and hikes the Pacific Crest Trail without any experience beforehand, without any training. And there's all these ladies now, it's this weird phenomenon. They they're inspired by this story. And uh, it's a terrible story, by the way. But um, they're inspired by this story. And so they go backpacking out in the wilderness without any experience. And they buy all this backpacking gear. And they go and start taking off into the wilderness. And most of them decide very quickly that it's a terrible idea. Um, in fact, there was a lady that I saw when on my last backpacking trip who headed off into the woods with her blingy jeans and her pristine white tennis shoes. And I was coming out. She was headed in. And I was covered with mud up to about here. And um, she did not know what she was doing pretty clearly. And sure enough, that night about 1 a.m., uh, we saw the uh, uh, Forest Service ATVs and helicopters and everything, and they finally hauled her out of the woods. Um, and she was inspired by that movie. Um, but these ladies all go out there, and then there's this weird phenomenon where there's just used once backpacking gear, very expensive that is for sale on ebay ladies backpacking gear for sale on ebay used once and uh so ladies if you're looking to get into backpacking for real um you can get some really expensive gear for pretty cheap on ebay right now because of that book and movie um that's just a side fact that has nothing to do with anything but i've learned a lot since this backpacking trip and um now this was the last time i went to the grand canyon i realized i look like a hoodlum there but Um, You can see the size of the pack a little bit. And I don't have a better picture than that. I wish I did. But, you know, at least it didn't like stick up above the back of my head anymore. And that pound, that that pack with all my water in it weighed 39 pounds as opposed to 64 without water before. And I think the 64 with water was probably somewhere close to 75, I would guess. But um, so anyway, down to just under 40 pounds with this pack. Um, and I've learned a whole lot since then. I'm not an expert yet, but uh, I don't carry a lot of dumb stuff I don't need. Um, and this was when we were hiking the Grand Canyon a few years ago and went all the way from the south rim down through the bottom of the canyon, crossed the Colorado River in the bottom of the canyon, and way up to the north rim, and then turned around and came back. And uh, there was no way, absolutely no way, I would have been able to do that with that other pack. And there's no way on this trip I just felt a lot better. There's no way I would have let a mosquito bite me for free. Um, and because I carried a, a much lighter pack, I didn't have as much stuff, but I didn't need as much stuff. But I saw a guy in the Grand Canyon who looked totally miserable, even worse than me on the sweat heifer. And I took a picture of him. You can't see him as well in this photo, so I think there's the next one that's kind of, it gets a little blurry if you zoom it any more than that. But this guy was hauling up out of the Grand Canyon my last day, and I passed him once, and I stopped for lunch, and he kind of trudged past me again, then I passed him again, so I'd, I I kind of sneaked a picture of him. But this guy was carrying a uh, like a book bag kind of backpack, nothing wrong with that, but um, strapped on top is this giant bedroll. Um, under his arm there's a grocery sack there, and I don't know what was in that. But this giant army duffel bag had one of those two burner Coleman propane stoves, like a giant hunk of steel, right? He was carrying that in the duffel. And then under his left arm, that box has a steel griddle, um, probably weighs 20, 30 pounds. And uh, this guy was hauling all this stuff up out of the Grand Canyon. And you can't really see the look on his face. But at this point, he was beyond agony. Um, he was just, the look on his face was just like, please kill me now. And that guy was absolutely miserable. And, you know, I got I got to focus on the beauty of God's creation and just really have some recreation in my recreation, if that makes sense, um, on this trip. But this guy, he was not having any fun. And when you're not carrying a bunch of junk you don't need, it's glorious. That stuff will kill your joy, make you want to sit down and die right there, or at least quit. And some of you... Today, right here in this service, are carrying some stuff through life that you need to get rid of. And some of you husbands might turn to your wives and be like, I told you that purse was too big. That's not what I'm talking about. And you know it. And as you're on this road of following Jesus, this journey of following Jesus, I think some of us right here today are carrying some stuff that will kill your joy and kill your soul. Let's look at the book of Colossians. Chapter 3, Colossians 3, starting right at the beginning of the chapter, verse 1, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Now in our hiking and backpacking analogy, as you get a lot of mountain analogies from Joe and you're used to that, so I think you can kind of follow this. We're focusing on the goal, heaven as the goal, uh, the top of the mountain as the goal. For you died to this life, verse three, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. I think that's an awesome phrase, hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will all share in His glory. Verse 5, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Or you, you know, if you're greedy, you're worshiping an idol, basically. Worshiping the things of this world. Verse 6, "...because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now's the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature, and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life... It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and He lives in all of us. So this is the first half of this challenge for while you're on this road of following Jesus. These are all the things you have to leave behind. So let's kind of bullet point them a little bit. The sinful earthly things lurking within you, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, Evil desires, greed, anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language, lying, all the wicked deeds of your old sinful nature. So we just say, get rid of that stuff. That's that junk that's going to hold you back, weigh you down, and eventually it'll kill your soul. Hebrews 12, you can stay in Colossians if you, gotta, if, if you want, because we're going to skip right back to it. But Hebrews 12, this is a famous passage here, the first three verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. That's what we're talking about, getting rid of these weights. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, and because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and then you won't get weary. You won't be weary and give up. Get rid of the weight that slows you down, that'll trip you up. Now go back to Colossians 3, and uh, let's let's look at uh, some more of those verses, because we talked about the things that you take out of your pack. Now let's talk about the things that you want to put in, the things that are essentials. Um, in the backpacking analogy, we there's a famous list, it's called the 10 essentials for outdoor for, for hiking. Um, it's things like map, compass, food, fire, shelter, you know, those kinds of things. And the ten essentials is there's different versions of it out there, it's kind of changed it over the years. But uh, I would say this is kind of Paul going through in in the book of Colossians and saying here's the essentials, here's the things that you do need. Starting at verse 12 of Colossians 3, let's look at that. He says, Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. So let's bullet point these out a little bit again. Things to put in your pack. You got tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, making allowance for each other's faults, forgiveness, And this above all love, that's that's really important to include that above all part. The peace that comes from Christ, all the time thankfulness. The message of Christ, teaching and counsel to and from other believers, wisdom. And we just say God worshiping music there. Actions and words that represent God. Now I realize for some of us, this is a lot to leave behind and it's a lot to take on too, Right? And if you're like me, you look at that list and you think, I have got so far to go here. But This is a journey. It's all about your direction. You start following Jesus and He starts helping you to take off all that unhealthy stuff and start clothing yourself in that good stuff. It's a journey. Don't get depressed and think, I can't do it, it's impossible. Because you're right, it is impossible, but it's not impossible for Jesus to change you. He can do anything. Follow Him and He'll do the changing work in you. Now, I say it's a journey, it's a it's a process, but also, when I say it's a process, that's not an excuse for us to say, you know, okay, I'm better than I was last year, so it's okay if I keep murdering people every so often, you know, that's not what you say. It is a process, it's a journey, we're getting there, we're growing toward Jesus, but also if He shows you a clear sin in your life, you kill it. He says, you kill it, you just kill it. You stab it in the jugular. Do what it takes. Do what it, do what you have to do to get rid of that sin. If you got to delete your Facebook account. If you got to sell your house, quit your job. If there is a sin that you can't kill off any other way, you do it. You do it. You do what you got to do. And everybody when I say things like sell your house, quit your job, everybody's like, "Well, that's the extreme." Yeah, that's the extreme. But let me ask you this, if Jesus walked into this room in his human body where we could all see him and he walked right up to you and he said, you're going to go to hell when you die. That's the direction you're headed right now. But if you sell your house, which you know very well, I've been trying to tell you to do for years. You've got a chance. Then what do you do? Well, hopefully most of us, we sell our house. Now. Is that the extreme scenario? Maybe. But if Jesus is telling you to do anything, it could be wait another year before you upgrade your phone. Doesn't seem like a huge deal, does it? But if Jesus is telling you to do something, you probably know He is. And if it means you sell your house, if it means you delete your Facebook, uh, you go back to a flip phone, you Whatever. If that's what it takes for you to kill off the sin in your life, and I can't imagine some of those scenarios causing you to sin, but if Jesus is calling you, then He knows that it's killing you. It's weighing you down. It's holding you back. And I do know one guy who uh, was living in, in, he said, I was living in my dream home, but my wife and I talked and we realized it was killing our souls. Because all they had to do to make that payment and keep it up and all that, it was killing them. It was draining their souls of God's Spirit's blessing and power. And they got out from under it, moved to a tiny little place, and they've never been happier. Because sometimes, it could be something totally innocent seeming, but it's killing your soul. And you got to face that fact... And kill it. (laughs) Kill it off. If it's killing your soul, get rid of it. It's a weight. It's holding you down. It's pulling you back. Get rid of it. Most of you shouldn't go sell your houses after church today. (laughs) But some of you know exactly what extreme measure Jesus is calling you to do. Do it today. Don't put it off. And you know what? Maybe it would help if you write a note to somebody else or send them a text before you leave this building today and tell them you're going to do it. And that way maybe they'll ask you about it later and you'll stick to it a little better. Jesus will give you the power to throw off all the heavy junk that you don't need in your pack. And He will clothe you with the good things that will help you reach the goal and reach it with joy and with peace. But you have to cooperate with Him. One example, look at Colossians 3 again, and we'll go, we'll go back to verse 8. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Now skip down to 13. That, that verse 8 was in the things to take off, and verse 13 was in the things to put on. Uh, verse 13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. One weight that some of us carry around for years is this one. Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive because God forgave you. You've probably heard this saying, uh, holding on to unforgiveness and anger, it's like taking poison and then waiting for your enemy to die, right? Um, unforgiveness and anger are this hugely heavy weight. Um, Another hiking example, when I was 13, I went on my first uh, really big mountain climb with my dad, Um, climbed Half Dome in Yosemite National Park in California. And uh, it's a really steep climb with a lot of exposure, a lot of places where you can fall a long ways. Um, And uh, it's from the Yosemite Valley, it's a 17-mile round-trip day. With and do you do it usually in one day with uh, over a mile of vertical elevation gain, and then back down, and it was awesome. But I was carrying a small day pack that was way too heavy. I had uh, it, it was kind of like a school book bag, um, and I was thirteen years old. I was really scrawny as a kid, and and uh, all the way through high school even, and uh, so I had this really heavy book bag style backpack. In that pack, I had a small mini mag flashlight. And in case that didn't work, I had a candle lantern. It's this tiny little lantern. That's not very heavy. It has a little candle in it. and then um, So in case that didn't work, I had, a, had my candle lantern matches and a lighter, two forms of, of fire. And even though we weren't going to be out after dark, you know, I had all these things because I was a Boy Scout and I wanted to be prepared. But besides my mini mag light with extra batteries and my candle lantern with matches and a lighter in case none of those worked, I had a 3D cell mag light that I carried. It's just this big, I don't know, aluminum or steel tube with heavy batteries in it. And I chucked that in my pack as well in case the little mini mag didn't work and the candle lander didn't work and the extra batteries for the mini mag didn't work and the matches and the lighter didn't work. I had a 3D cell mag light. Um, And uh, man, that's like five extra pounds I didn't need right there. And And, uh, man, that thing cut into my shoulders by the end of the day. Oh, I also had a four pack of extra D batteries, you know, in case the mini mag didn't work. And my dad's flashlight didn't work that he was carrying and my candle lander didn't work. And my big mag light ran out of batteries. I'd have replacement batteries. It never got dark while we were on the trail, but boy, I did. uh, Boy, did I ever have all those things in case it did. Are you carrying unforgiveness? Is there somebody you can't forgive? And you may say to me, "Jim, you can't tell me to forgive." That's right. I don't have the right to tell you to forgive. But Jesus does. And he's the one who's telling you, you've got to let go of it. I don't understand what maybe somebody did to you. I I don't get that. I hope it wasn't me. <laughs> But I don't understand what somebody did to you. I don't have the right at all to tell you to forgive, but Jesus does. Because when He was hanging on the cross, what did He say? Father, forgive them. And then He said also, when He was teaching His disciples to pray, what are we supposed to pray? Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And the implication there is, you know, and, and in Colossians, forgive because God forgave you. Um, as we forgive, we are forgiven. right? And He'll help you. Again, this is something you may not be able to do on your own. Um, maybe you can't forgive. But, through Jesus' power, through His Spirit's power working in you, you can this is from Second Peter chapter one, uh, and we're going to come back to Colossians, so if you want to keep your finger in there if you're turning over to Second Peter, but Second Peter chapter one, verse three By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, this last phrase is so important. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. You may not be able to forgive on your own, whether it's what somebody did to you or if you're maybe even angry with God Himself. Just a bitterness and an anger that's eating you alive and weighing you down and you can't find any peace or joy. You may not be able to let that go, but run to Jesus. By His divine power, you can respond to God's promises. That means you make every effort to choose faith in God. You choose belief in Him instead of this fearful pragmatism that, that tells you it's impossible to ever really be free from unforgiveness and bitterness. It's kind of like we make this backup plan in our hearts and our minds where we say, you know, yeah, I'm I'm asking him to, but I know I never really can. So I need to shield myself so I don't get hurt again, you know. And so we make this backup plan where we hold on to that bitterness and anger because we think it's a protective thing. The truth is that, and, and, and that fear will also tell you that if you let go of it, you'll be taking this route of sort of powerlessness and weakness and the truth is that when we let go of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness there is a freedom and there's a strength in that I don't know how many of you saw some of the testimony of Rachel Den Hollander in the uh, trial of the doctor who was molesting young gymnasts on the U.S. Olympic team and uh, Rachel many of these victims testified in court this week Rachel Den Hollander was the one who originally reported and and blew the whistle on him. And in her testimony, she said to him, you carry a Bible, and in that Bible, if you've read it, you'll find that there is forgiveness. And I give you that forgiveness. And it's this powerful testimony. And she made very clear she didn't minimize what he did at all. She made very clear that she believed he has to be stopped. Stopped. But she also offered forgiveness. Could she have done that on her own? I don't think so. I think it's pretty clear that it was the power of the Gospel, the power of Jesus working in her that allowed her to do that. I don't know her. I don't know what all her story is. But that's one example. And so when we let go of our bitterness and anger and, and unforgiveness, there's a freedom and there's a strength in that. And there may need to be a confrontation to stop somebody who's hurting others, but if it's a confrontation based on forgiveness, then it won't weigh you down forever. You'll find freedom and peace. Make every effort to respond to God's promises, 1 Peter said. So if it's not about you working harder and being better on your own, why do we have these lists of verses like here in Colossians that we've studied? The things that we take off. The things that we put on. If it's not, if it's not about working harder, if it's about His power working in us, then why do we have these lists of things? Well, it's, it's, I'd say use these verses as a reality check. Um, these verses are part of the story of God making you new. They're the goal. So we compare ourselves to this goal and ask Jesus every day to make us more like Him and more like what these verses describe. Compare yourself to these verses and you're comparing yourself to Jesus who made you to be like this. And that's a freeing thing. Not a depressing thing. Because the trap most of us fall into is the trap of comparing ourselves to other people, isn't it? We look at, we, we, we wonder what the standard is so we compare ourselves to other people. When the standard should be, here's what Jesus has made me to be, compare ourselves to Jesus. When you compare yourself to other people, you know this, you'll either get depressed because you think they're so much better at this than you are, or you'll get stuck up because you think you're better than they are. And both of those are a trap, and they're both based on pride. So these verses are here so you don't get stuck in that comparison trap. You keep your eyes on the goal, not on the people around you. A picture I showed you of uh, hiking in the Grand Canyon. Uh, That guy that was carrying the huge duffel bag and all that stuff that guy made me feel really great about myself because I was packing so much lighter and moving so much better than he was, right? But again, we don't fall into this trap of comparing ourselves to other people because that guy made me feel all proud of myself. But then I got way up by the north rim of the Grand Canyon, very far, and the, this was in April when the north rim road wasn't even open yet. It was all snowed in still. And uh, got way up by the north rim of the Grand Canyon where no cars could be, and saw this little old lady sitting on a flat rock with a tiny backpacking stove, brewing up, up a cup of hot tea. And I looked at her and I thought, there's got to be some kind of mistake here. What, did she like escape from a nursing home that like, I, I know this is bad for me to think this. So I was like, does she have some kind of dementia? What's going on? And so uh, my friend Travis that was with me. He kind of started talking to this lady and and asking her questions and stuff. He was just fascinated that she'd be there. And it turns out this lady was, if I remember correctly, this lady was somewhere in her 80s. And uh, her story was that she had parked her car the night before back on the south rim where we had started. She walked all night and a good portion of the day way up by the north rim. And that's, um, let me total it up real quick. That'd be about uh, 21 miles. And um, a mile down of elevation loss across the canyon a little over a mile up to where she was. And uh, she's just sitting there on a flat rock brewing her tea, and then she was going to turn around and hike the rest of the day and into the night and go back to her car without ever stopping to sleep. And she does this once a week. She lives in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is about just under two miles from the south rim of the Grand Canyon. She drives up there once a week. Hikes all night, all day, and into the night to go north rim, back to south rim, and out. So I compared myself to the duffel bag guy, and I felt great. (laughs) Compared myself to the little old lady, and man, I didn't feel like a big man anymore. (laughs) See what I'm talking about with this comparison trap we fall into? You can always find somebody around you who's worse than you, you think. And, you know, sometimes that person's closer to the God than you'll ever be and has more joy and peace than you'll ever have. Right? But you can always find somebody around you that you think is terrible and make you feel good about yourself. And you can always find somebody around you that has it all together a lot more than you do. But that's not the standard, is it? The standard is who God created you to be. In the Grand Canyon, if I'd have focused on either of those people, it ruins my joy because I need to focus on just enjoying God's creation and letting Him recreate me. And when you look around at other people, that's not the standard. This this list of things to take off, the list of things to put on, this is who God created you to be. It's who Jesus is making you. Compare yourself to that standard, not to the people around you. Don't make it a competition with other people. Keep your eyes on the prize and, and it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more peace, a lot more joy. So, how do you travel the road in the journey of following Jesus? Just follow Him every day. That last phrase of that First Peter passage we read, First Peter 5, make every effort to respond to His promises. Walk the same direction He is. Cooperate with what He wants you to do, what what He wants to do in your heart, in your life. Get rid of the heavy junk that you don't need. Put to death the sinful stuff in your life. Jesus said His burden is light. He gives you things to carry that fit you, that He'll give you the strength to carry. Clothe yourself in the things He gives you, and you'll have your soul restored, and you'll be able to walk the journey with joy. Would you stand? Let's pray. As we pray, if there's something that Jesus has been talking to you about, if there's something that maybe needs to be dropped out of your pack, something that just needs to be just killed off in your life, as we pray, maybe you need to confess that to Jesus. And then maybe as soon as we say amen, you need to write a note or send a text to somebody and say, I'm killing this off. I'm dropping it. Would you pray for me and would you keep me accountable on it? Whatever you got to do to kill that off. And then if there's something that maybe God pointed out to you through this Scripture in Colossians you know that you need to put on in your life, as we pray together, just ask Him to give that to you. Just ask Him to help you put on these things to become more like Jesus. Lord, help us not to compare ourselves to others. Help us not to be carrying weights that we don't need to carry. Help us to be able to drop the things that hold us back from following You, the things that steal our joy and kill our souls. Help us to do whatever it takes to get rid of those, Lord. And Lord, would You give us the freedom and the grace and the strength to clothe ourselves with things that come from Christ that that help us to follow Jesus more closely. Lord, we want to make every effort to respond to Your promises that we would be acting like we believe what You promise us. Thank You that You said Your burden is light. Help us to take Your yoke upon us, Your burden, and carry what You've given us to carry with joy.